Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships, so we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Today, guys, I want to let you know that we are experiencing some unbelievable times right now. This is the 21st week that we've not been able to gather in our building together. But I want you to know that uh, it's, it's even worse than that because even harder than not meeting in our building are the families who have lost jobs, the families who are struggling to make payments right now, the families who are struggling because school is not starting up the way that they thought. They're trying to make arrangements for their kids to be watched, to be schooled while they're working. And, and it's just, it's a mess right now. And so I know that many of you, you're struggling going, what in the world are we doing? What's happening? Is God even aware of what's happening? I want you to know that even though it might be tough right now, God is here and he is moving. He is working. He's doing some amazing things. And I believe that he's got us right where he wants us. There's a purpose in all of this, and if we're paying attention, I believe we're going to learn a lesson in the middle of this unbelievable time. One of the things that we hear all the time as we talk to people, and and I've heard it even on the news, I've heard it from people in sports, is that I can't wait to get back to what? Normal, right? I can't wait until things go back to normal. Everyone's saying that right now. My question is, do we really want things to go back to normal? I mean, I know there are some things that we liked from before, things like even gathering in this building. We want to go back to that as soon as possible. You know, I want to be able to go to Coors Field and watch the Rockies and go to Mile High and watch the Broncos. I want to be able to do those things. So there are certain things that I want us to go back to normal on. I know many of you as parents, you want schools to start as normal. You want your kids to go back to school normally. Right now, we would be asking the question, well, who's going to be the teacher for my child? And right now, we're like, we don't care. We just want them to go back to school. And some of us, uh, we just want things to go back to normal. But here's what I want to draw your attention to today. Many of us who are wanting things to return back to normal are the same people who pre-COVID were asking God to change our normal. Like before we ever got into this, things weren't where we wanted them to be. And we were struggling with where we were at. And and we were asking God, please, God, just do anything. Change the circumstances. Change the situation that I'm in right now. And now that everything's changed, we're struggling with it. I think that normal is somehow back there, don't you? I mean, when we think about normal, we're thinking about it in the past, like back there is normal. And my question is, why should we always assume that normal's back there? Why, why is normal always in the past? Why can't normal be in the future? And I think the reason for that is when we say normal, we're not really saying normal. We're saying familiar. See, we want things to go back to normal because it's familiar. Uh, it could be negative. It could be not good, but it's familiar. And we were, we were familiar with it. And so therefore, we knew what we were up against. We knew what we were dealing with. And so therefore, we want to go back to that normal. Let me ask you a question. What if God has a greater new normal for you? 
What if he's got something even better in store for you? Would you still want to go back to normal? The problem that we have is we don't know what tomorrow holds. We can't see where God's taking us, and therefore we're, we're a little scared, and we would almost rather turn around and go back to what we know, even though it might be negative. The same thing happened to God's people. In the book of Exodus, we find out that God's people have been in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years. They've been in slavery. They they moved there because of a famine. And over time, the pharaohs took them hostage and turned them into slaves. And, And what we find out is they were crying out to God, please just change our normal. Do something different. We, we don't want to stay where we're at. And actually, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 says this. God says, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. Now, if you know this story, God does something miraculous. He catches up with a guy by the name of Moses out in the desert, and and he tells him to go back to Egypt and and to tell Pharaoh to set his people free. And and to make a really long story short, uh, God sends 10 plagues, and then pretty soon Pharaoh, he he gives in and he says, fine, take your people and get out of here. And and they leave and they pack up all their stuff, and even the people... In, in Egypt are handing them stuff, like giving them stuff if they would just leave, just get out of here. And God changed their normal and they march out into the desert. And what happens? They ask to go right back. It's amazing to me. What happened was that they were in slavery and, and that was normal to them. And they cried out to God. They wanted something different. So God promised them, look, I'm going to take you to a promised land, something better. I've got a new normal for you. But before they could ever make it to the promised land, they asked to go back. Why? Because the promised land wasn't familiar. There was a lot of unknowns with the promised land. And what do you have to do to get to the promised land? What do we need to do to get to a new normal? Well, the bottom line is in order to get to a new normal, we've got to go through a desert. See, God wants us to go where he's leading us, and almost always that takes us through some type of desert. Why? Because that's where he can get our attention. That's where he can break through all the stuff that's going on in life right now, all the distractions and everything that keep us from following God. It's when we get into the desert that we learn how to lean into God. Almost always, if you're going to make it to the promised land, you have to go through the desert. Now, let me ask you a question. Where are you right now? See, I don't think we're in the promised land by any means. I mean, we're not even close. And I know that a lot of things have changed. Like, this isn't normal. So where are we at? Well, if we're between the old normal and the promised land or the new normal, we're in the desert. Where do you want to be? I don't want to go back. I don't want things to be normal. I want something better than normal. I want something that God has in store for me. So do you know what that means? That means I have to go through the desert. I don't want the old normal. I want something new. I want what God has for me. And therefore, that requires me to go through the desert. So if we're in the desert right now, it's easy for us to want to go back. Because this is not familiar. 
Exodus 14 tells us the story about where Pharaoh released the Israelites into the desert. And what we find out is they go out across the desert. They come up against what's called the Red Sea. And Pharaoh changes his mind and he sends his army after them. And I want you to see how we can so easily go, I want to go back to normal. I want to go back to what I'm familiar with, even if it's negative. Take a look at this. It's in Exodus chapter 14, going to verses 10 and 11. It says this. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. Now, they were begging God to change their normal. They wanted anything but their normal. God, please rescue us from this slavery. Take us out of Egypt. And as soon as they do, the first time they hit a little bit of bump, look at what they say. Look at verse 11. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? How does that happen? I mean, how in the world can you be in slavery, pray to God to change your normal, and as soon as he releases you, you go out, you start to struggle a little bit, and you want to go back to slavery? How in the world does that happen? Well, it's this little principle that says fear can cause us to reach back to what is familiar even if what's familiar is destructive to our future. Did you catch it? Just because it's familiar, we want it. Even though it might be the worst thing for us, it might keep us from going forward. We listen to this story about these Israelites who were released from from slavery and we think how stupid, how, how ridiculous is that? But the honest truth is the same thing happens to us. God wants to take us to something better. And he, and he leads us through the desert. And then the economy is uncertain right now. And some of us have lost our jobs. And we're not sure what tomorrow looks like. And we want to reach back to what's familiar, even though what's familiar might be destructive for the future that God has for us. And yet, because it's familiar, we would rather go back to it. See, some of us, we... Before we got into COVID, we were not very close to God. Like we were struggling in in reading scripture and and even worshiping. And since we got into quarantine, many of us, we've leaned into God a little more. Like we're, we're praying more. We're in the word of God more. Some of you, you met in homes and you talked about the word of God together last week. And you would have never done that before quarantine. And yet here you are. You're drawing closer to God. I'm seeing where God is drawing so many people closer to him through this whole quarantine. Some of you, you were struggling with substance abuse and you were making some headway. You were pushing forward. We were seeing some great things. And then all of a sudden, we hit a bump in the road. We got quarantined. And some of you, you you're wanting to go back to slavery. You're wanting to go back to those things that held you hostage before. We do the same thing the exact same thing as the Israelites. So how do we keep from doing that? How do we keep from making the same mistake? Well, the bottom line is we push forward. We push forward through the desert. We don't do what some of the Israelites did. Take a look at Exodus chapter 16, verse 2. This is what they did. It says, There too the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Let me ask some of you, are you complaining? Like through quarantine, this stupid COVID-19, are you, are you complaining? Uh, are your kids complaining? Maybe you're complaining because your kids are complaining. Are, are we dealing with this quarantine by complaining? 
Because if we are, we're dealing with it the same way the Israelites did. And it's the wrong way. See, I, I fell into that trap. But you know what my mistake was? You know what my problem was? When we got into quarantine, I planned for the short haul. Not for the long haul, for the short haul. Because we were told it was going to be two and a half weeks, remember? And so I thought we were going to get through it. Now, I thought two and a half weeks, that's kind of ridiculous, but I guess we can make it through that. And then that went to four and then six, and here we are at 21. And my mistake was I prepared for the short haul and not the long haul. And maybe you did the same thing. And now things are uncertain. Things are out of control, and fear starts to set in, and, and we're not prepared to push through the desert, and we're trying to reach back to what's familiar, even though what's familiar may be destructive to the future that God has for us. See, to go from slavery to a promised land, you got to go through the desert. you got to push through. For many of us, now I know some of you, you're really struggling. You've lost jobs. You've, you've, you're going through a serious struggle. But for the majority of us, we're quarantined, and if we're honest, the desert isn't as bad as we're making it out to be. Like, we're making it a lot worse than it has to be because of our complaining, because we're upset, we're frustrated, because maybe our eyes are on the wrong thing. We, we've taken them off of God, and we've placed them on other things, and, and this is why the desert has become so bad for us and so, so frustrating for us, and we're making it worse than what it actually has to be. See, I think back to when God really got my attention, when he has shown me something that I was not open to seeing before, maybe uh, those moments of great spiritual growth, those moments where I actually changed something in my life, those were in times of desert, not times of good. It wasn't in times where I was thriving. It was in times where I was really struggling. The biggest breakthroughs for me, the biggest changes in my life have always come in the desert period. When the Israelites speak of the ancient times and when they were in the wilderness, you always hear them talking about it like it was the worst period of their nation. They talk about it as though it was horrible, like those 40 years of wandering in the desert. And, but yet when God refers to it in scripture, he has a whole different view. Take a look at Exodus chapter 19, verses four through six. It says, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Anytime you hear God talking about the desert or the wilderness, he speaks of it fondly. Remember that time when I took care of you? Remember that time when you leaned into me, when you were relying on me for even the food that you ate every day? See, God may have a fond memory of what's happening right now, even though you might be struggling. And I think there's a big difference in how we approach it. If we understand that, maybe we won't be so frustrated with it. Maybe we'll embrace it. Maybe we'll lean into it. When I went through the State Patrol Academy, there were 40 of us that checked in. Only, I think, 32 of us actually ended up graduating. And, and two out of the 32 didn't have any military experience. I was one of them. You know what I learned in the first few days of that academy? Is to look at the guys who had the experience and follow them. All these military guys. And we would spend nights in the dorm wing just sitting up talking. And, and I remembered a lesson that they taught me all these ex-military guys and we're going through this six-month state patrol academy and one of the lines that they 
uh, taught me was to embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. It just means that, hey, things are hard, and they're going to get tougher, and it's okay because you can make it through. And if you just embrace the suck, enjoy it while you're in it, then when you get to the other side, it won't be so bad. And what they were trying to teach me is that there are going to be difficult times. There's going to be times when you're going to be in the desert. But instead of fighting it, embrace it. Look for the lesson that is to be learned in the desert. And when you get to the other side, you'll be happy that you did. And see, in this moment, I think it's time that we embrace the suck. Maybe we'll learn that in order to make it to the promised land, in order to make it to the new normal, that we're going to have to press through the desert, no matter how bad it gets. God told Abram to take his family and to leave his home and go out into the desert. It was because of that trust that Abram had in God, that God would change his name to Abraham and he would form a covenant with him. God also met a guy by the name of Moses who was hiding in the desert, met him through a burning bush, and he would choose him to go back into Egypt to, to free his people from slavery. God ministered to Elijah in the desert in his lowest moments. Many of the greatest psalms were written by David before he was king when he was hiding in the desert because King Saul was trying to take his life. People were going out into the desert to hear John the Baptist preach about this coming Messiah. And Jesus himself was led into the desert to be tempted before he could start his ministry. The takeaway from all of that is that we will never experience the change unless we push through the desert. We hear the story of the Israelites, and they wanted to turn back, and they wanted to go back to slavery, and we think they're just crazy. How stupid is that? Do you know how you push through the desert? You don't complain. You know how you push through the desert? Uh, Take a look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, because I believe that God tells us exactly how to push through the desert right here. It says, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still. How do you like that? Just stand still. Underline that. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. God tells his people, just stand still. Watch, I'm going to take care of this. And he says, just stay calm. And then he says, get moving, just keep moving. So the takeaway from this is that we should stand strong and keep moving. Stand strong and keep moving. And we don't lose our cool. We we stay calm and we trust that God is big enough to handle anything that we're going to face. One of the guys that understood this in Scripture, he understood it to the very core of who he was, was the Apostle Paul. And he wrote to a church in Philippi. And in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, he actually refers back to this and tells them exactly how they can push through the desert. This is what he says. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. He's talking about fullness in Christ. He goes on to say, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past... So letting go of what's in the past, not looking back to the old normal. And he says, and looking forward. So looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. 
Even Paul here in Philippians is reiterating what God told us in Exodus. He's saying, look, you can't stay where you're at. You can't keep thinking about the past. You can't keep wanting to go back to the old normal. You got to press forward and you got to know that God is able to handle whatever you're going through and that he's taking you to a better place, a better new normal. Don't you want to see that? Let me ask you this question. What will you let go of in the past to have a better future? What are you going to let go of in the old normal so that you can have a better new normal? See, I believe that God has something great for us on the other side of this. I don't think any of this has surprised him. I think he has known every step of the way what was going to happen. And some of us, listen to me, we need to start acting like that. We say we believe it, but our actions prove something different. We're freaking out over everything. We're losing our minds. And yet we say that we believe that God is sovereign, that he, is, he can handle everything, that he is great and good. And yet we are running around fearful of everything. Can we change our actions to match what we say? Can we truly believe in our hearts that God is big enough that he can handle whatever is coming tomorrow? And if so, we need to let go of the old normal and we need to look forward to what God has. But in order to, to experience that, we got to push through the desert. Let me pray for us so that we might be able to have the strength and the courage to follow him through this time. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We give you our worries, our concerns. We trust you with our future. God, we don't know what is going to happen tomorrow, but we know that you do. And Lord, we give these things to you. I pray that your people would rise up and that we would act and speak as though we truly believe and trust that you're big enough to handle this. That you know what tomorrow holds. You know what the next month holds. Lord, you know when this is going to end and you know exactly what you're doing in the middle of it. God, help us to align our actions with what we say. And Lord, help us to believe exactly what you're teaching us here in Scripture, that we can trust you with all of our tomorrows. God, we give you all of these things. We ask that you would continue to mold and shape us into people that you have called us to be. And Lord, we look forward to what it is that you have in store for us. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us here at Mountain View Fellowship. We'd love the chance to meet you in person. We gather each Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 1955 Headlight Road in Strasburg, Colorado. If you aren't able to join us in person, we'll meet you right back here next week. God bless. Thank you.